0: Welcome to Yale Parks Pod, the number one podcast for yelling about parks. Uh, I'm Ola, uh, E-M are they-them
1: pronouns. Uh, I'm, sorry, I'm
2: Ellery, <laughs> they-them please. And I'm Nick, they-them please. So today we have a
0: very cool park we're discussing, an uh, incredibly unique park, uh, all the way over in Japan. It is. We're talking about Amami Gunto National Park. Um, yeah. yeah. Amami Gunto yeah, really cool. is. Is a park spread over a series of islands. Uh, and, and the surrounding ocean of the Ryuku Archipelago. Off the southern tip of Jap- Japan. It is located in the Kagoshima Prefecture. And stretches down towards Taiwan. Um, The terrain in the park varies greatly. Since it's spread over several islands. It has. Steep mountains. Mangrove forests. uh, Evergreen and broadleaf forests. Tidal flats. um, And. Rhea coasts and coral reefs. It's has a lot of different biodiversity. We'll get into uh that I think in both of our all of our segments today um, it's mm-hmm. something that makes it very unique um for uh its unique species of plants, mammals, birds, reptiles, amphibians, all that sort of like specific uh ecology that you get on these islands and for its uh unique Um, For its unique biodiversity, it has been designated a UNESCO World Heritage Site. And also unique to this park, roughly 45% of the park is water. Of the 75,263 hectares encompassed by the park, 42,181 are on land and 33,000 and 82 are in water. It's one of Japan's newer national parks. It was recognized as a national park on March 7, 2017, so just over six years ago. It was historically part of the Ryukyu Kingdom until 1879, and the Satsuma domain until 1871. And according to Japan's Environmental Ministry, which manages the park, the region is a melting pot of Ryuku Kingdom culture in the south and the Yamato culture of the north, and you can still see evidence of the mixed cultures in the local songs and performances. People continue to inhabit the islands, both inside and outside the park, with several municipalities wholly or partially inside the park boundaries. Which, and that concludes our overview. Um... And I will also be kicking us off with our first topic on this park. We're going to be talking about rabbits. Uh, yeah. Good yeah. bunnies. Some, the, one of the coolest things about um, any island ecosystem, but especially this one are the unique species. And in the islands of Amami Gunto is the only place in the world you can find uh pentelagus furnessi, ferni- f- or amami rabbits um it's an endangered species that is only known to live on two small islands in the uh within the park um in the K- kagoshima prefecture um they are they are the last living species of the pentelagus uh, genus uh which was native to mainland asia but now can only be found on the islands of amami oshima and tokunoshima and they are um i encourage you to look them up now they are a little bit they're kind of ugly honestly they're so ugly. not not uh not like if you have a picture of like a cute little like kind of fuzzy cheek bunny um mm-hmm. it's not that's not what they look like um <laughs> they're they are cuter they, rabbits <laughs> they yeah so i would say say like like i find them endearing they're they're ugly in a cute yeah. way i think but um
1: but yeah d- like don't they, expect they are, you know, like a North American they, rabbit. Yeah, they are feateness.
0: not uh doe eyed little little no. uh thumpers. <laughs> um but they have thick brown uh or reddish brown fur and short feet with curved claws. They use the claws for digging burrows. Um uh, their eyes and ears are a lot smaller than uh most rabbits you might uh uh immediately imagine when you imagine a rabbit uh they also have often have uh, very distinct bald patches around their eyes. They aren't what most people would immediately call cute in I would imagine, but I think that they do they do kind of loop back around into being ugly cute and yeah um like just so uh enjoyable <laughs> in that way
1: yeah it, it, you know it's one of those animals where it's like mm-hmm. it, it takes you a little mm-hmm. bit of time to appreciate the cuteness
0: and so these rabbits are considered living fossils Um, so what does that mean? What is a living fossil? Uh, When you hear the term living fossil, it's easy to think that the species has stayed exactly the same for thousands or millions of years. Uh, but that's just not how, uh, evolution and genetic drift and that sort of stuff works. Like, um, just because they, they are, uh, they, they, Still have continued to evolve and change, but uh they may superficially appear to be the same as the members of their species that appeared millions of years ago um but they have what's they're showing what's called stabilizing selection. the population stabilizes on a particular non extreme trait value um so they there is It isn't as if they have been, uh, they have reached the end of their evolution or they have stopped changing or their genetics have stopped changing, but because they, um, they have these characteristics that, they have these characteristics that do remain stable that we can see have certain things that have not changed in all that time. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, and it's one of those things where it's, like, it's a very superficial comparison to look at, like, the physical appearance of the fossil record um, or, like, preserved specimens from, uh, like, preserved historical specimens. And current rabbits, where it's like, yeah, on the surface they look the same, but also if you do genetic testing, like, there's right. going to Which, be differences. <laughs> mm mm-hmm.
0: Which shows... Like, that's just how I evolution think, works. Um, there is a argument that the living fossil thing is a bit of a misnomer because of that, because they have changed. But at the same time, it does show off, like, like, one uh-huh. of the... One of the mechanisms of evolution is that once there's a thing that works, it doesn't... It's... It is not impossible that yeah. it changes but it is likely that it it stays that way unless the uh the situation changes and changes gradually enough to to allow for that process um yeah. so i think it's both interesting yeah i yeah, think it's both it interesting it's to broke. like you yeah, know exactly. that yes yes um A living fossil is a bit of a misnomer, but at the same time, it's also cool to see that these things about them have stayed the same for so long when um, many other species have uh, had much uh, greater changes that uh, that we can see. So, yeah, other animals that might be considered living fossils are like colacanths or... Uh, different things many species with uh, species poor lineages or animals where we don't have much genetic data for them Um, and so this is all to say that uh, calling something a living fossil is not a specific scientific term it's a little bit more um it's a little bit more arbitrary than that. It's um, something that gets, gets pulled out as Mm -hmm. something sometimes as a result of the fact that we just don't have enough data to see how they really have changed or uh, that sort of thing. But so, so it it can be an (laughs) interesting uh, comparison to make and an interesting point on like, this is a value of a species. It's like we can see what things have stayed the same and what they were like historically, but at the same time, like it's not, it's not the end all be all of what a species is. Um,
2: Right. um, Right. But it is,
0: I think important to establish that the, a mommy rabbit does have many, many interesting and valuable things about it, because unfortunately, the rabbit is endangered. Um, they are classified as endangered class. Is that, is that IB?: I think it's IB. Yeah. yeah. They're classified as endangered class I.B, just one rank below the uh, species at the highest possible risk of extinction. Um, there's, uh, they're endangered for a lot of reasons. First of all, they're restricted by the land that they can inhabit. They, uh, they can't, the islands can't grow more than a certain amount of vegetation because there's just a certain amount of land for the vegetation to grow on and that limits the population size of the rabbits that eat the vegetation Um, but more Mm. uh more importantly to this drop in population in the early 20th century they were affected by hunting and trapping um they were declared an natural monument in 1921 which prevented them from being hunted and they were designated a special natural monument in 1963 which prevented trapping but they've also suffered from habitat destruction which uh because of commercial logging um converting forest to agricultural spaces converting forest to residential areas basically um deforesting and human activity has reduced their range and their um, ability to populate these islands. And yeah. And finally, the Amami rabbits were put at risk because of the introduction of mongooses to the islands um, in 1979. They were introduced to the islands to attempt to control a, venomous habu snakes but uh since the mongooses are diurnal and the snakes were nocturnal uh the mongooses end up uh eating the rabbits instead of the snakes um and in 2005 the ministry has been started to try to work in 2005 the ministry began to uh work with local residents to try to capture and remove mongooses. And I believe um, we will uh, talk more about this later. I believe, Nick, you've prepared some about the mongooses. Um,
2: yeah, the uh, mommy mongoose <laughs> busters. I'm very excited. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but
0: before we get to that, I'm just yeah. going to say a little bit more about why... Why are these rabbits, these, like, little, ugly little rabbits, so important? Um, They have a... They actually have a very important ecological role in uh, these island ecosystems. Um, uh, They have a, a very important role in these island ecosystems. They disperse seeds, from the plants in these ecosystems, which uh, are also, as you get, as I said, on these islands, very rare, hard to come by. And in some cases, these rabbits are essential for dispersing these seeds. Um, Scientists from Kobe University were studying the propagation of Balinophora Balinophora uenensis, and through the use of wildlife cameras and fecal samples, they were able to discover that uh imami rabbits are a essential disperser species. Um they're oh.
1: <laughs> doing our streaker talking about uh, animal poo. Love yeah. it.
0: <laughs> uh check it off the bingo card. Um
2: so uh <laughs> They uh
0: Allowing the plant to propagate by eating the seeds and then pooping them while they're in their underground burrows, like I said, these are um burrowing rabbits they uh or undergrown burrows, sorry,
1: oh sorry, that should be underground Is,
0: should that be underground okay, yeah, in under Underground burrows yeah, so yeah the, they're a burrowing species and that's where the seeds need to go so um and so youensisnessssus you be <laughs> let me get it a couple tries at this one <laughs> yeah let me get a tr- couple tries at this one um I don't know who's editing this one just just like. Edit, the one I get right, edit yeah. it in whenever I say it. Yeah, just, that'll just, be fine.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'll be. fine. I will fine. say, oh. C.F.M. <laughs> messaged me after I had that one real rough Latin uh, episode that we did, and basically he said it doesn't matter. Whatever you say is correct because <laughs> it's a dead language, so you're yeah. good. <laughs> Honestly, uh, who cares? I have,
0: I have, um, I have lat- Latin speaking friends who would probably not be friends uh happy I, with that but well um,
1: okay
0: here's uh, here's but, the thing but is also you are making uh, a
1: good faith effort to yeah. try to get it right and that is what matters yeah. yeah no
0: scientific scientific latin scientific uh names are not real latin they're not they're not.
1: they are yeah. They look it's like not look it's not conversational latin it's different exactly so, to look fancy but it's they're not some real Latin. random scientist mm-hmm. was like, "Oh, here's a fancy Latin word. Let me shove them together and name this thing."
0: Yeah, and I mean, also sometimes it's just here's my name, but I put a suffix on it. Yeah, so yeah it sounds exactly. Latin, right? So, anyway, Balanophora U-N-N-U-N-S-S or u I
1: think it's u n. I, honestly i don't it's know it's written both ways in it our is. notes here uh and i don't know which one is that's correct. my bad i was the one who wrote notes for this section like back in january
0: no yeah yeah
1: uh it is you and nensis there's two ends.
0: Okay. okay got it okay so Let's see how much of that stays in the
2: episode.
1: Um, We're fun. Don't worry about it. We're cool and normal and we like fun things. (laughs) Balanophora
0: eunensis is a... Balanophora eunensis is a parasitic plant that cannot produce its own chlorophyll and relies on the host plant to siphon off food. Um, And by excreting the seeds underground, the amami uh, rabbits can allow the eunensis to attach itself to plants' roots. Balanophora plants are found throughout Asia, and they're often used in folk medicine to relieve swelling or often as an antioxidant. Um, they're also neat-looking and, plants. Yeah, very cool. You'd, they look weird. I, yeah. They're the ones right? that if you look at them, you're kind of not sure if it's a plant or a fungus. Um, yeah. I mean, it almost
1: looks like a pine cone.
0: Yeah, they're, they're very cool looking and like very, yeah, very neat. Um, And they need these rabbits. There are attempts to conserve these rabbits. Uh, the, uh, the designation of the national park is one of them. Um, as well as removal of non-native predators and attempts at habitat restoration, um, but attempts are ongoing. But to talk, speak more on those attempts, I think Nick, you prepared some about mongooses, right? Yes, I... mongooses,
2: mongooses. Okay, mon- I also mo- have a mon- mon- thought. Mon- it should it should be mongooses, and it drives me nuts that it's not. <laughs> I don't know,
1: mongooses is more fun to say than mongoose, is my thought, and I think that that should play a a significant part in how we say words, is how fun they are to I say.
2: hear you, and that's valid,
1: <laughs> but also... But then you end up with, like, geese versus mongooses.
2: Yes. Right. It just makes sense.
0: I think, so here's the thing, is that gooses is not fun to say. I don't think gooses is more fun to say than geese. So how does the
1: mon... Gooses is worse than geese. But mon somehow, (laughs) magically, (laughs) makes it more fun. I think it's because monosyllabic words, it's... Harder to engage in wordplay than multisyllabic words, where you can get a little more goofy, and your brain will like fill in those gaps of like, okay, I understand what you are doing.
0: Yeah, but then we should. Then we should just. I am in favor of you should pluralize any word in the funniest way. Yes, but you should pluralize it. Then it should be like mongi
1: this should be it. Just a lot of eyes. Yeah. <laughs> you just yeah, hold down the eye on your keyboard until the vibes feel right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
2: yeah. Also, just going to throw it in there Mooses versus Meese should be Meese. Way more fun to say. I'll say, yeah. Uh, that one is more I don't know fun if I agree then. with that one. Really? I don't. Meese
1: feels wrong to me. I'm telling you, mongooses feels wrong to me. <laughs> Moosen. I did never think that this was going to be the thing that we, like, disagreed on. <laughs> so it really was how to pluralize mongoose and moose.
2: I mean, I'm not surprised. But, <laughs> but yeah, so like Ola said, in 1979... 30 Indian mongooses were introduced <laughs> to the island in order to control the population of venomous habu snakes, but due to the difference of when the creatures are awake, it wildly didn't work, and subsequently the mongooses preyed upon rare species such as the amami rabbit and the amami Ishikawa's frog, um, which is a cute little frog if you Google that. Um, I'm gonna Google it right now. Yeah, they're cute. They're they're tiny. They look cute. I like them.
1: That was, I think, my favorite part of uh, reading the like UNESCO report for um, for this site. Um, there are so many
2: pictures. A lot it. of good pictures. Yeah. Um, there, yeah. Ooh, there's a lot of really spotty.
1: good
2: Yeah, it's like, it's like a... Yeah. Um. Oh.
0: yeah. Uh, this is a cute little frog yeah it's got it's got kind of a texture to it kind of mossy I like this frog
1: I think that's what I think that's what it is is that it looks like if moss
2: became a frog yes Mm mm-hmm but yeah, so plans to eradicate the mongooses started in the year 2000, and in 2005, the Amami mongoose busters were formed. Um, so that's a specialized team who their entire purpose is to capture and remove the invasive mongooses. Also just like, you know, keep all the data, where they're at, what's going on, mm-hmm. that whole situation. Right. Um Not that we haven't had enough side notes. Best name. (laughs) Best name. I love this organization name. Also, they have a really cute logo. Um, It has, like, a little amami rabbit on it, and some sort of woodcock, and another bird that, I don't know what type of bird it is, I could probably find that somewhere, but I couldn't. Um, And they just got little happy faces on them. They're very cute. Um, Anyway, (laughs) so... At the peak of the mongoose population, the whole problem—it was believed that there were ten thousand of them living on the island at a time. Um, which these are not big islands. They're no, yeah, that's a lot of mongooses.
1: Yeah, that that feel there. I feel like there shouldn't be ten thousand of anything that's not like bugs or fish.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, and f- there is more than that of humans. I, I like all the humans we got. Not all of them. Most of them. So I meant, like, I think, specifically on the islands. Oh, on one island? Yeah, that seems cramped.
1: It feels like there's not enough space on those islands to support that many things.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, since the beginning of, you know, tackling the invasive mongoose problem, 32,000. Thousand mongooses have been Jeez. caught. That's so many. Mm, that's a lot of mongoose. Um But in good news, actually the last time that the Amami mongoose busters caught a mongoose was April of twenty eighteen. Um so although there have been a few reported sightings since then, none of them have been able to be substantiated. Um, Right,
0: so it sounds like now they're just, like, they're checking to see if there are any stragglers.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's so hard, Mm. especially when there's so many, like, Mm. forests and, you know, they can be underground. Like, you really want to make sure. It's like (laughs) Yeah. It's like the mealybugs on my pothos right now. Every time I miss (laughs) one, there's just a thousand more. Um, but. Yeah, I think I
0: think some people sort of imagine that in these efforts, like they have the technology to like scan for these animals, or like like that's kind of until looking into it, that's kind of what I had in the back of my head, to be honest. But like even with what modern technology we have for looking for animals, a lot of it has to be done by hand or even in person, or like yeah, it's hard. It's you can't it's almost like you can't ever be sure. Yeah, yeah I
1: mean that's the th- that's something that comes up a lot in um wildlife management especially for in- invasive species where it's like I don't think you'll ever know- there's good ways to collect circumstantial evidence of like mm-hmm. looking for um animal droppings and using trail cams. But yeah. it's not like they can do, right? This is not like a movie where they can do a, a scan of the entire island. It's like people going right. out on foot and checking traps and wildlife cameras and like l- looking for animal tracks.
2: Exactly.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. And um, it's it's a lot easier to prove something is there than to prove yeah. something isn't.
1: Yeah. Yeah. As well. Which, uh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, think about exactly. how many species have been, like, declared in Dan- uh, extinct. And then, oh, actually, we found one in the forest, like, 20 years later. It's like, yeah, it's a forest. You're never
2: going to check. Yeah. The whole right.
1: forest,
2: right? And honestly, twenty years kind of short. Sometimes it's like uh, we saw this creature last time in nineteen like, twenty four, but we just found one again. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. and mongooses are small. Yeah,
0: yeah, they're it's really not like cute. Um, I will say
2: they're cute, but they're a big problem. Yeah, but they don't they don't belong there. They do not. No, it's no. a good thing that. You know, they're trying to, to get rid of them. To
0: get rid of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm.
2: so far, though, the it seems like the Amami mongoose busters have been really successful. Um, and so, like I said, last time anyone was caught was April of 2018. Um, and so the Japanese government is hoping to declare the mongooses eradicated by the end of March 2024. So that's actually some good news. You know, oh, I nice. like when we get yeah. good environmental news. It's nice. Yeah.
0: Hmm. I think it's important to, to focus on the good news, to say, like, these things are possible, right? Yeah. Yeah. It sometimes it can feel easy to get so defeatist about, like, oh, there's no way that, like, this rabbit's just already gone, right? But it's not. It's there. People did the science and did the work. And they are doing what's needed to protect this yeah. rabbit in this ecosystem.
2: Yeah, exactly. And, like, talking about the ecosystem, I know that Ellery did a lot of really cool (laughs) research on ocean, the, like, ocean bits, the ocean park Mm -hmm. part of this park, so I would love to hear some about that.
1: Yeah, it's kind Mm -hmm. of a a skim of, um, a lot of different aspects, because oceans are very diverse environments, um, and so it's impossible to cover all of it, um, and it's also diff- difficult because, like, I don't read Japanese. There are not that many uh, English language sources available. So um, I did rely a lot on the uh, UNESCO World Heritage Site Report, which has a lot of like really great information, um, but does cover some of the archipelago that is outside of the park. Um, so like keep that in mind is um some of this will be like applicable to the park, and then some of it is a little bit more general to um the ocean around uh just the archipelago generally um but for um so as we we uh, talked about before about forty five percent of the park is water. Um, so that includes like the ocean as, you know, we kind of generally think of the ocean as well as the coastal areas um, that are varying degrees of underwater. Um, so like mangrove forests, tidal flats, coastal wetlands, and of course the coral reefs that surround the islands. Um. So the waters around the uh, parks island chains uh, are home to several significant whale species um humpback whales have become a like big attraction especially in the winter um as well as the northern or sorry the north pacific right whale which is one of the most endangered whale species uh they have been sighted around the uh, island of Amami oshima Um... Actually, let me make sure I'm... Yeah. Amami uh, oshima Island. Um... Which it Amami uh, Umami-Oshima is the only location um, that I understand uh, in the East China Sea where that species has been, like, confirmed. Um... There's another place, uh, the Bonin Islands, which uh, they have also had sightings, but um, in the East China Sea, at least. Um, Amami Oshima is the only place that they have been found. Um, They are also a... uh, serve as a habitat for bottlenose dolphins, uh, birds, whales, sperm whales... Uh, as well as like um, different uh dolphin species um and they're you know part of those animals uh, spe- uh, seasonal migration pattern the island also marks the northernmost limit of the dugong habitat with um, occasional sightings throughout the 20th and 21st centuries although, um, there has been a decline in that uh, over the, uh, the 21st century. I
0: so, love dugongs. They're such uh, goofy looking guys. They're so goofy. Um. So for
1: people who maybe don't know what dugongs are, um, they're related to manatees. They're the, I believe, only surviving saltwater species Um, in their family, which, um, so they, I mean, they're basically like big sea cows, right? Um, where they, Mm. so they're mammals. Um, they have a lot of like mammalian features that you would expect from manatees. Um, but they are more like, uh, let me, let me pull it up. Um. They are more, like, dolphin-like in appearance than manatees are um, because they're built for living in salt water versus um, fresh water that manatees live in. Um, And part of the reason that dugongs... um, live around uh, a mommy is because they rely on seagrass meadows for food. They generally stick to coastal areas. Um, so having the inter reef water and coastal wetlands, like, um, the mangrove channels can help foster these seagrass meadows that provide food for the dugongs. Um, so that's part of why, uh, the coastal conservation is so important. Um, and then uh, Amami-Oshima is also the only place where um, leatherback turtle nests have been found or, like, are continuing to be found in Japan, from what I understand. Um, mm-hmm. So that's the, like... Big ocean mammals of the park. Um, animals, not not just
0: mammals, all all You said mammals. Oh, sorry, oh,
1: sorry. Well, I mean, most of them are mammals, except for the turtles. Except for
0: the turtle. Except for uh, the
1: turtles. I guess. Yeah. Um, which the are not charismatic. Mammals. The, the big charismatic guys. Leatherback turtles. The mammals of <laughs> reptiles. the mammals of turtles. Yeah. Um yeah. So then um speaking of the mangrove channels, um mangrove forests uh, cover a like pretty significant uh portion of the Ryukyu chain. Um and they are one of the only places uh in japan i believe that mangrove forests can be found um this is from the unesco world heritage report so if that's not correct then i either read it wrong or it was not clearly worded in the report um and the most expansive mangrove forests uh, are on or are around uh, Iremote Island, which is not part of Amamigunto. It's further south in the archipelago. So that island is a lot closer to Taiwan than um, the islands of Amamigunto, which are on the more northern end of the chain. Um. Just to like help orient people a little bit. But um, mangroves are salt tolerant trees that grow in coastal waters. And they help protect inland areas. So they serve as a natural barrier for tsunamis and ocean storms. And can help filter pollution and soil runoff from inland areas uh, and prevent that or help prevent that. Uh, from getting into the ocean um so the wetlands on i've variously seen it as like landward and leeward um on let me see but
0: what 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 word is it
1: hold on i'm gonna i'm gonna just look up leeward okay
0: leeward leeward yeah. means um on the uh i believe the, like the sheltered wind, side the sheltered from the wind yeah yeah because to be in the lee of something is to be sheltered from the wind by it so there's the wind i believe there's the windward side and the leeward side of something
1: yeah i here, here's the thing i don't i just kind of refuse to learn sea terms <laughs> Which is more of a, a boat thing than anything else. But um, sometimes it does also come up for, like, leeward. Um, my brain you were, just, like... You... Yeah, it just refuses to absorb that information.
2: That's fair, honestly. <laughs> um,
1: but... I might uh, be
0: wrong. It might be that the leeward side is the thing that catches the wind. I mean,
1: okay. No, I, I, I mean, I did look it up, and... The Oxford English Dictionary is telling me uh, that it is the sheltered, like downwind side of um, right. a thing.
0: Got it? Yes, windward and leeward.
1: Yeah. Um. So uh, wetlands on the leeward side of. Hold on. This is. Sorry. Yeah, so the wetlands that are um, on the leeward side of the mangrove forests, um, right, so the uh, areas that are more sheltered from the tsunamis and the storms, um, especially on Irimote Island, uh, exhibit mosaic sequences, which is, like, a really cool um, feature where, like, different tree species will grow depending essentially on the elevation of uh, the land, right? So um, more depressions, it's like in the depressions um, where uh, the forest floor is flooded during high tide and rainfall, Um, you can find uh, powder puff trees. And then on the higher... uh, Parts of the forest floor, there are looking glass trees um which are more mm-hmm. elevated and above water, so that that's another really cool feature is that like depending on how much flooding they get um that like causes the trees to kind of self select and end up in these really cool
2: patterns. Those are both really good tree names, <laughs> yeah,
1: mhm mhm, um. The mangrove forests also assist in carbon sequestration, which uh, helps combat global warming. Um, So deforestation uh, obviously is a concern um, with the mangrove forests, uh, specifically in areas outside of the park and the UNESCO World Heritage Site. Um, But... The like designation as national monuments, national parks, um, and world heritage sites can help with preservation by um, either banning logging altogether or putting like serious restrictions on how that wood can be used. And there were um, two scientists that I found: uh, Mackie Thomas and Satoshi. Mitaria, uh, sorry Satoshi Mitarai at the Okinawa Institute of Science and Technology that are working on research to track the movement of mangrove prop- propagules, which are the equivalent of a seed, essentially. Mm-hmm. So because they're dispersed in the water it's possible for the seeds to be carried along ocean currents to other regions of japan and to um other parts of asia so like coast uh coastal china taiwan um down into like the philippines and this research mm-hmm. can be used to demonstrate which forests are more likely to regenerate naturally. So which ones get those seeds brought to them through um, ocean currents and which ones are more vulnerable to deforestation, which is a significant uh, in helping focus which areas need um, more con like greater conservation efforts than others.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. Just to to like reiterate how important these mangrove trees are. Like, so I'm actually I'm in an oceanography class right now, and we did we spent at least some time talking about how important mangroves are, how like they affect ocean salinity and how they uh, create homes for animals and like how they create these specific ecosystems for these animals that uh, affects basically the whole ocean and how any risk to them is such a huge risk to the whole ocean ecosystems and um, all that. So um, these efforts to prevent, deforesting and uh, efforts to figure out how they propagate. They're so important.
1: Yeah. And so like one of the concerns of, yeah. So obviously like that is a concern for um, the mangrove forests and then another, so we're getting into like some of the kind of like, mm, let's keep an eye on it stuff, aspects of like the park conservation. um. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, like, these are islands, and fishing is a significant part of the uh, economy and the industry in the area. Um, but Mm -hmm. what the uh, UNESCO report highlighted is that at least, um, along the Ryukyu uh, island, or it's uh, along the Ryukyu archipelago, um... The area is noted for the use of small-scale crafts with 96% of the fishing boats weighing under 10 tons, um, which the way that it was phrased makes it seem like that is very small for fishing boats. I don't have much Hmm. personal experience, but uh, for context, like, my, my car... Is like a small four door sedan and it weighs about one and a half tons. So that's like Mm. six and a half cars, which in some ways doesn't feel very small. But I guess Mm. in the scale of like fishing boats, like they need a lot of equipment and it is a a whole boat.
0: I mean, it's, yeah, it's not like. We're not talking about canoes.
1: Yeah. Small no, yeah. Is, is a relative. Right, right.
0: You're talking about like not
1: not um, It's not the like giant crabbing boats that you see yeah, not, in like not giant Alaskan crabbing crabs, boats, I not
0: think. yeah, not uh, tankers, not Bezos yachts. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah.
1: and then um, another aspect that has um, that uh, the Japanese government has been promoting is um, resource-controlling fisheries and cultivation-centric fishery projects um, that have uh, focused on aquacultural um, cultivation of uh, mazuku, Japanese tiger prawn, sea grapes, and monostrom- monostroma, monostroma, nitadum um which are you know various edible <laughs> <Latin>. things <laughs>
0: right it's like that's I'm- just me shaking my fist this that's our enemy on this podcast yeah. is Latin. Yeah. Well
1: and it's like it it's this specifically the shift from trying to pronounce Japanese words then like going straight into a Latin word. And it it's just different and it takes a second for my brain to catch up Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah so the um, area around the park is known for having expansive reef flats formed by highly developed coral reefs Uh, and then the ocean floor topography is also characterized by narrow seashelves and the Ryukyu Trench on the like, eastern side of the Reef Flats, and then the Okinawa Trough on the western side. And this has historically uh, encouraged people to operate offshore fisheries, including like pole and line fishing um, for tuna and bonito, and then fisheries that use uh, rafts, as well as uh, drop line squid fishing. So not all of this is um, like using boats as we think of them, but it's just like people going out on smaller crafts um, and using the natural features of the uh, surrounding area for fishing, the fishing industry. Um, and then also some kind of good news that I have is um that there are um some reefs around Amami Gunto that have actually been recovering because of the um because of people like hunting crown of thorns starfish um so the Crown of Thorns starfish is, um, is a, a, so starfish generally, I guess, is a place to start, um, that they feed on coral, right? The algae that uh, grows on the coral reef that, like, gives them their color and helps develop these ecosystems that lots of other animals inhabit, um, but because of, like, rising ocean temperatures, um, we've seen larger and larger outbreaks of specifically the crown of thorns uh, starfish population, which preys on the coral that grows around Guntō, And... Um, because they feed off the algae that lives on the coral. When too much algae of that algae is consumed, it can kill off the coral, which exacerbates the issues caused by global warming, which already poses a threat, Um, and leads to things like coral bleaching, which just, like, can fully kill off reefs. Um, So, um, on the positive note that... um, There has been some evidence of, um, in the last couple years, of some of these reefs um, recovering because people are, um, like, actively working to control the starfish population. Um, And part of the issue, especially in ocean biomes, is that um, it's hard to fully eradicate species um, because the ocean currents can take um, starfish larva from other areas outside of the park and then, you know, carry it to the park. And then even if you are able to fully eradicate it, right, it can come back and it's impossible to prevent that without also Mm -hmm. like severely harming um, the ecosystem itself. Yeah, you can't right. really
2: tell the ocean, no. So. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's like, yeah. hey, actually, these ones you can leave. Like, it's just going to pick up everything and bring it to a different place. Exactly. So
0: without addressing climate change itself, there's... You yeah. Can, you can mitigate it, but...
1: Yeah, and, it like, that's the thing, is that... um the managing the starfish population can help the reefs, but ultimately like global warming is a major contributing factor to reef fragility Um, that like with or without the starfish, uh, they are already at risk. Um, And so that is why (laughs) that. Yeah. So it, it is important to recognize that it's like getting rid of the starfish isn't going to fix everything.
0: Right. We need to address the larger problem. Yeah. Which, um.
1: Yeah, so that is my. It's difficult, but. Yeah.
0: You know, we have people working on it and we want other people to work on it, too.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and it it is good to see that, like, there is evidence that, like, if we can address global warming, right, then we can also address some of the other issues and, like, help stabilize these ecosystems.
0: Yeah, we have, there are issues we have addressed um, that we have, uh, you know, come together, figured out ways to to fix these things. Um, And we're, Working on restoring ecosystems, and we, I think, climate change especially can be such a hopeless feeling, feeling issue, right? And hopelessness is just not what we need. We need, uh, we need action,
2: yeah. Yeah,
0: I think, which I think, I think that about does it for our a mommy gunto episode uh-huh. um um thank you for listening thank you for uh for sticking around and um
2: fellow hosts is there anything we want to plug before we go um i'll say give us a rating review us on whatever your podcast thing of choices um yeah. Yeah, we would appreciate that. And, you know, it helps other people listen to us talk about animal poop and other (laughs) stupid things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And very important things, too. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And also... I will plug... Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No, go ahead.
0: Uh, Call your local government officials and tell them to do something. Tell them to listen to science about climate change. Um, It's always a good time.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah it it turns out like they have offices and phone numbers for a reason and you should not be afraid to call them um, yeah that is write a letter what they are write for. an email
0: yeah and speaking of ways that you can get involved our next episode will be our april episode um we'll be talking about citizen science for citizen science month um it's a uh, Little bit of a departure from our regular park stuff, but we're really excited for it. Citizen science mm-hmm. is something that all of us are really passionate about. Um, or at least I am. I don't yeah. want to speak for you too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean,
1: yeah, it's something that's come up a lot in, <laughs> yeah, in various talks about it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, as always, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at yellparkspod at gmail.com. Um, we. Get so excited every time we see something in the inbox. Um, and you can find us on Twitter or Tumblr at Yale Parks Pod. Um, now we can do our final Yahoo. Three,
1: two, one. Yahoo! Yahoo.